0: Hey everyone, uh, welcome to a new episode of the Movie Shelf Podcast. Uh, if you are listening, thank you very much. Um, today it's just me. It's, uh, just me and we're audio only. No video because I was too lazy to set it up. Um, (laughs) so if you're watching on YouTube, uh, I hope you enjoy the looping animation of the logo. Um, yeah. Uh... This is new for me. I've never done this by myself. So if I. If there's a lot of pauses, um, I'm sorry. Uh, My brain is slow. Uh, Today, I. You know, I've watched a lot of movies recently um, in the past, like, couple of weeks. um, And I don't want to talk about any of those. (laughs) Uh, I may talk about them briefly, like, for a second. Um, But I want to talk about a specific movie today, one that uh is very important to me um i don't have it like in my top five of all time or whatever because i don't think it's like you know a masterpiece uh it's one of those movies that is very nostalgic to me uh for i mean from the title of the podcast episode you know what i'm talking about um we're, we're talking about i'm gonna be talking about the sandlot um because this movie to me is very important um We'll get into it later as to why and um, why I love it so much, but um, yeah, I want to talk about you know some of the stuff I've watched recently. Um, today, actually, I'm going to go see Barbarian uh, with my buddy Sean. Uh, we may talk about that in a future episode. Uh, I hope it's good. I've heard great things, uh, so future Cody, let me know how it is, um, but yeah, some of the things I've watched recently, yesterday, I think it was yesterday... Um, yesterday is a time at the time of recording this as of yesterday. Um, uh, Jean-Luc Godard, uh, passed away. Um, which really stunk dude. Um, cause he, uh, I wouldn't say he was like my personal favorite director or anything, but he was definitely up there for me. Um, And, of course, like, his passing sucks, but at least it wasn't something that was, like, unexpected. Um, He was very old, and so this uh, wasn't just, like, out of the blue. Um, But in honor of that, yesterday I watched um, Alphaville. I was going to watch something like Breathless or Contempt because those two are my favorite of his, but I wanted to try something that I hadn't seen before, and I hadn't seen Alphaville. Um, And I'll be brutally honest um no disrespect to my boy jean luc but alphaville was not my favorite um it was good it was decent uh but out of other things i've seen of his it it was it's probably on the lower tier of things i've seen uh from him i just i couldn't get behind the sci-fi aspect um i just wasn't digging it i had never seen him go that route before and I it just I don't think he did the best I think all the performances were fantastic and I think um, the, uh, the the film is full of uh, Godard's like iconic editing style and music and camera work so if you like that kind of stuff like if that's the reason you watch his films um, then Alphaville will be no different. Uh, but for me the story in this one just didn't didn't do it for me. Uh also the voice of the Alpha Sixty computer um was one of the worst things I ever heard in my life. I it was genuinely giving me a headache listening to that voice. Um but yeah so, sorry, I just kinda of dogged on that movie. Uh Rest in Peace, Jean Luc. Um But yeah, I watched that yesterday. I also recently what else did I watched, let me pull up my letterbox real quick. Oh, yeah, dude. The other day I watched... um, I'm on a Cassavetes kick right now. And uh, the other day I watched uh, A Woman Under the Influence. And that ripped, dude. That movie's so good. I I don't know if I've ever seen a movie from that era tackle subject matter like that like so well. Um, They talked about mental health and really... um, They really portrayed that uh, in a way that I've never seen something, especially from that time period, uh, do. Um, Like a movie from the 70s. Like this movie's older than like, well this movie's what, almost 50? 50 years old, almost? When did this movie come out? 74, yeah. So, yeah, it's almost 50 years old. And... um, They didn't talk about stuff like this back then, as far as I know. Maybe they did, and I just don't know. Um, But it was a perfect representation of, like, someone who's going through mental health struggles in a time where mental health is not talked about or um, properly taken care of. Um, You know, they just take this woman to a loony bin for six months rather than, like, actually give her, like, professional help. Um, And you see... You know, the point of view of someone who loves someone like that. You see the point of view of someone who loves someone like that but doesn't understand uh, what they're going through fully. You see, you know, how people will talk about these types of people, people going through mental health struggles, um, all for this time period. Uh, and it's kind of devastating, kind of heartbreaking sometimes, but um, I think the main focus of this movie being... Um, the two main characters, what's uh, Peter Falk and um, Gina Rollins' uh, relationship is the main focal point of it, and they work so well together. Um, Peter Falk, I think. Um, I've seen him in a few things. Um, and i I really like I really like his performances, like in everything that I've seen of his. Gina Rollins is pretty new to me. Um I think the next one on my list is gonna be probably opening night. Um I wanna see that. Like I said, I'm on a Cassavetti's kick, so that's probably the next one up. Um, but after this, like I she's on my radar for sure. Um if you've never seen it, I I, I highly recommend it. It's a very, 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 very good movie. Um What else? I'll talk about one I'll talk about one or two more things. Um, Yo, I watched uh I watched Mass. Has anyone seen this movie? Um Mass came out I think in 2021. I think it came out last year. Yes. Uh but it definitely was probably filmed during COVID because of how small it is. This movie is so small and I love it. I love a movie that um sticks into like sticks to like one location, one setting. Very small because um, they have to be creative, but this I, it has to have been based off of like a a play or something like a stage play because of just how meaty the dialogue is and how heavy everything is and the performances are so good. Oh my god! Hold on, let me uh, let me do some research real quick yeah i don't think it was no it's just uh it's just written oh whoa (laughs) hold on so it's written and directed by fran kranz um interesting name i just clicked on that name and realized that it's franz fran kranz is the stoner dude from cabin in the woods he made this movie Oh my gosh. Yeah, dude, that yeah. It's a rough movie. Sorry, I'll get into it. Um if you haven't seen Mass, I highly recommend it. I yeah, I it probably after seeing it is now one of my favorites from last year. Because it's devastating and if you want to bawl your eyes out, which I love a good sad movie. Um this one will do it. Sorry, I'm yawning. <laughs> um Yeah, this one will do it. This one will make you... uh, You're going to want to grab a box of tissues um, on this one. Uh, It stars... God, I don't know their names. I did not come prepared for this. Uh, Stars Jason Isaacs, um, Martha Plimpton, who is the mom from Raising Hope, if anyone ever watched that show. Uh, She surprised me, dude. Like Her performance, good lord. She did so good. Um, Ann Dowd and Reed, Bernie, Birney, I don't know. They crushed it. Everybody, those four main characters do some incredible acting. Like the fact that this was not recognized at any award show that I know of, um, blows my mind because there's just some talent on screen when it comes to these performances. Um, they draw some emotions that like I like the fact that I got to oh, sorry before I get into this I got to talk about what this movie is about so the movie is about two sets of parents that have recently gone through a horrific tra- tragedy uh, I won't go into what it is because it kind of unfolds throughout the movie and I think you should experience that but they've recently gone through a tragedy, and they are meeting up to discuss this tragedy and to talk about it. Um, and it's rough. It is a rough conversation that you are seeing these two broken families uh, talk about. And ugh, it's rough. And it, it's, it's they do such a great job. Of portraying these characters that it, it feels so real. Like it feels like these characters went through this. Um, as far as like editing wise. Um, th- they get really creative. With some camera angles and camera work and um, blocking. Like character blocking. Um, with how limited the space is. And how limited the setting and everything is. And. Uh, there's a there's an editing switch up um, that happens like at a very pinnacle moment in the story. Um, the camera does something uh, that I thought was beautiful. Um, I screw it. I'll say it, I don't care. Um, it, the whole the film changes aspect ratios halfway through the movie um, at like a very pinnacle moment, and it. it 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 itself almost brought a tear to my eye just because of how beautiful and well-timed it was. Um, I was surprised by it. Um, Yeah, Mass, check that out if you haven't. Um, I watched it on Canopy, which I will be making a video soon about Canopy. Canopy is a streaming service that I think everyone um, should be a part of. Uh, I'm just doing a little bit more research on it for this video. Um what else we'll talk about one more. We'll talk about one more thing. What else did I watch? Um oh, I watched uh I rewatched Thief. I've I've been uh <laughs> I've been on a uh not a Cassav- I've been on a Cassavetti's Kick, but I'm on a Michael Mann mission. I'm uh I'm trying to watch um all of Michael Mann's movies cuz I want to make a video about Uh, the Michael Mann cinematic universe, the MMCU, if you will. Um, And I also, but included in that is I want to read Heat 2 because I've heard great things, but I feel like it's going to be a tough read. Um, But I got to do all that. But anyways, yeah, so I watched Thief the other day uh, to start off this Michael Mann uh, watch-through career watch-through. And... Yeah, Thief is the br- Thief is the blueprint. Thief is the reason that we have movies like Safdie Brothers movies, like uh, Good Time and Uncut Gems. Thief is the reason that we have like Drive. Um, it's it's the quintessential, just like watching a good bad guy, a good good bad guy do bad things for good, um, and awesome. Th- deep synthy 80s soundtrack to go with everything and it's just dark and gritty uh, and it's so good Um, specifically for me one of my favorite scenes is of course the like safe opening scene uh, that's like 15 minutes of him just cracking a safe uh, just blowing a hole through it Um, and it's so well shot for something that like I bet was so hard to film, um, but they they crushed it. Fantastic, Michael Mann, James Con, rest in peace, does so great. Um, I yeah, I loved that. I loved Thief. It's gonna be hard to tie. It might be my favorite Michael Mann. It might be my favorite Michael Mann. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. It's either Thief. I do love Collateral. I do love Heat. Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know. Um, it's up there. Thief is so good, dude. Um, Okay, let's... You know, it's been 15 minutes. Uh, let's discuss the um movie that we're here to talk about. We're talking about The Sandlot. Um, which is the number one movie from my childhood. That um, when I think about my childhood, I think about... What movies made me want to... Or I guess what movie made me fall in love with movies. um, The Sandlot is what comes to mind. Um, Which you might think is a little strange because usually kids... uh, When I was that age, like the kids that watched Sandlot, it just made them love baseball. Um, But for me, it made me love movies because of the nostalgia and the feelings and the emotions that that movie gave me I loved that I love the feelings I felt watching Sandlot for the first time um and then just like now the nostalgia I have for it because of you know who I watched it with the first time who where I was how I received the movie the first time um yeah just all of those factors um go into my love for this movie um the first time I watched it, uh, I could not tell you how old I was. I was probably like four, maybe three or four years old, um, probably four. Three seems too young. Uh, I was probably four years old and I uh, watched it with my cousins. I have um, uh, I grew up with my cousins, um, a lot of guys, a lot of us dudes. Uh, we were all around the same age and we just grew up together. And we all loved The Sandlot. They loved it because it was baseball. I was not the sports one. They all were. Um, they loved it because it was a baseball movie, and I just loved it because it was a movie. Um, but I remember watching it um, and falling in love with all the characters. I thought the dog was awesome. I was like, I love this dog. The whole flashback scene with the giant dog, which I later discovered was a puppet, and that broke my heart a little bit. Um all of that stuff I love. But one thing I remember specifically was um, there's the scene where uh, Benny jumps over the fence and then the dog jumps over the fence after him. Uh, and he looks up and it's a slow-mo shot of the dog. And Benny looks up and he says, oh shit. And um, <laughs> when I when I was four years old, I didn't know that that was a swear word. Uh, but all my older cousins did. So I just repeated it. I was like, haha, oh shit. And they all were like, uh you can't say that, and so they ran and told my mom, and my mom was like, Cody, we don't say words like that, and I was like, so confused, because I didn't know what that meant, so maybe that's part of the reason why it's, uh, why I loved it so much, because it felt bad, like it had that bit of, like, rebellion to it, um, the other thing, the other reason that I have, like, a nice, uh, I have, you know, um, Good nostalgia with it is because um, when I was four, about to be five, I don't remember how old I was, I think four, um, my sister was about to be born, um, and my parents, give, I remember my mom giving me a gift as she was off to the hospital uh, to go give birth to my little sister, um, and I opened it up and it was a VHS copy of The Sandlot, I, my guess was that it uh, was like a, hey, we still love you kind of gift, you know, that you always give the older sibling when a younger one's on the way. Um, and I remember I was stoked, dude. I was stoked about having the sand, like owning my own copy of the Sandlot. Cause the only time I could watch it was going over to my cousins. Uh, so I was pumped to have my own copy. Um, and it totally overshadowed the fact that my little sister was being born. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Emily. Um, but yeah, the Sandlot was all I cared about. Um, so that's like the like nostalgia factor I have for it. I just remember watching it, loving the emotions that it made me feel, uh, the laughs. It, it it made me cry, dude. All the stuff with the dog. Oh, um, I loved the I uh, loved the camaraderie between all the kids, all the memorable scenes, the tobacco scene, uh, the treehouse scene. The chase scene through the movie theater and through the uh, 4th of July uh, thing, the parade, all of that stuff. It, it All just great stuff that my little kid brain ate up. And even to this day, like, I still love this movie. I recognize that it's not like a piece of cinema masterpiece. And we're going to get some, you know, special Arrow video release anytime soon. But um, I... I do kind of hold out hope that one day, now that we're getting a Wally Criterion, and we're starting to get some like, maybe we can maybe we can push for a Sandlot Criterion. Who knows? Uh, I sh- I would buy the entire stock. I would buy all of them and just give them away. Um, so Criterion, <laughs> if someone at Janus Films is listening, um, please put the Sandlot on the Criterion collection. Um, I will make the, I've already made the artwork for it, um, you can check it out on my Instagram, um, yeah, you can steal it, you don't even have to pay me for it, just make, just put it on, freaking, just put it on Blu-ray in the Criterion Collection, dude. Um, (laughs) sorry, um, The Sandlot, dude, I love it, there's a lot of movies actually from my childhood that... That stick out to me. Spy Kids is one of them. Spy Kids one and two. Um, I, uh, The Little Rascals, dude. Oh, freaking heck, dude. I loved The Little Rascals. Uh, Osmosis Jones. Uh, all kinds of stuff, dude. Um, I also think like a big thing was I just I think I just loved physical media, which I still do. Like physical media is so important. Um, but I loved it even as a kid, like, my parents tell me all the time that I was, like, they could just put, before I could read, they could just put the tape, not even, like, with the box art, just the tape that had the title of the movie, VHS tape title of the movie on it, they could sit out three in front of me, and I would be able to pick which one was which, because I knew, just based off, like, I just memorized the tapes, um, and, like, what they looked like. And they've told me stories of like them waking up at four in the morning because they hear the TV on and they walked in there and little four or five-year-old me sitting on the floor three inches from the TV watching veggie tales or whatever. Uh, and I got up, put it in the VHS myself, put it in the VCR myself and uh, started watching whatever. I, I think I just loved the idea of um, physical media. Even like during Christmas, um, any big... Any gift that was shaped like a VHS or a DVD was always, like, the first one I opened because um, I was, like, I, I was just pumped to have it. Um, and even still to this day, like, anytime I purchase a movie or now I purchase, like, my wife and I have a record collection. We collect board games and books and stuff like that. Any, like, physical copy of something... I still get pumped about like even if I buy movies I'll leave the store like with a sense of fulfillment and a sense of like pride I guess I don't know maybe I should maybe I shouldn't feel that uh but then like putting it on the shelf where it goes and like that collect that sense of collection other collectors out there will understand what I'm talking about but that like passion that's inside of you for it is like is insane and I and whenever I think back and like try to figure out where that passion came from i always go back to when my mom gave me the sandlot uh, before my sister was born um i think i remember watching sandlot for the first time and that's what i i remember the emotions that it made me feel um and how i wanted to someday make something that could make somebody else feel those same feelings um it all started with the Sandlot, which is crazy. I've owned the Sandlot on every, phys- in any any form possible um, since then, except LaserDisc. Was, was there even a, let's see. I had a VHS, I had a DVD, I had a Blu-ray. Um, I don't know if it's on 4K, but if it is, I'll get it. Um, was there a Sandlot, Sandlot, LaserDisc? No way, there was. Ah. <gasps> There was a Sandlot laser disc. It's on eBay for $14. Hmm. Do you think. Let me, I'm going to text Sierra. I'm going to text Sierra, my wife. I'm going to text her right now. And I'm going to say, Can I buy the Sandlot on laser disc? And she, I guarantee you, is going to reply with, What? Or what's that? Or what's the laser? What's a laser disc? Five dollars shipping isn't bad. Fourteen? Uh, can I trust this person? They don't have any reviews. I have no way of watching it. Ghost in the Shell Premium Box Laser Disc, three discs, Japanese anime set. What? Dude, box art for laser discs kind of smacked. They look like albums, but like. Yo, that's crazy. They're more than a team. They're the best buddies in the entire history of the world. That's true. They were all great friends. Dude, who's your favorite Sandlot character? Ooh. I mean, everyone wants to be Benny because he's like the cool one, but... You know, I really related with Ham growing up because... You know, I was the fat uh, comedic relief. Uh, Squints might be my favorite. I did love Squints. Even though he kind of like sexually assaulted that lifeguard, um, but they did get married. Uh, in the th- in the third one, you find out that they get that they get married and they have like twenty kids or something like that. So Squints and Wendy Peppercorn were going at it uh, like wild rabbits. Uh, yeah, yeah, was awesome. They're all great, dude. I don't know. Mm. I'm going Ham. Ham is my favorite, just because that scene where he's throwing off all the all the batters like whenever he's uh whenever he's the catcher uh that scene is fantastic uh the you play ball like a girl the everything like that you're killing me smalls he's just got all the great lines um that and so yeah you can't i mean you can't not recognize him for that you gotta pay credit where credit's due you know um Benny also had some great lines. I mean smalls iconic, uh, but small's a little small's a little wimp. If you identify with smalls, dude, I'm sorry, you're a beta. Um <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> if the this whole episode was just me uh if you you know if you didn't watch the Sandlot growing up, dude, you're a freaking Sigma male. Um <laughs> Sierra has not replied. She's... I don't think she cares. (laughs) Um, Yeah, dude, ham. I guess I'm ham still to this day. Team ham all the way. The great ham, Beano. Let's talk about the soundtrack real quick, dude. The soundtrack for The Sandlot uh, was killer. Let's go. Let's look at... Let's see what we have um it's just like iconic just all the i mean it's got tequila was tequila during the the at the fair when they're all puking on the ride was that when tequila played because that was iconic sorry i'm looking for the soundtrack Oh, the lion sleeps tonight, dude. When they're in the, when they're on the, when they're on the treehouse making s'mores. Yeah, classic. This magic moment. So much. There goes my baby. Green onions, dude. Dude, there's some gold on this soundtrack, and the movie just captured that era perfectly. Granted, I was not alive during that era, so I don't actually know if it's perfect. But I will say it makes me nostalgic for that era, uh, regardless of me being a part of it or not, um, the dog is awesome, oh yeah, so earlier I mentioned that, uh, in the flashback scene, you know, the forever, forever, when Squint is telling the story of the beast, um, when I was a kid, dude, I was like, damn, that's a big dog, <laughs> I was like, that dog is huge, dude, uh, and then I grew up and i found i either watched the dvd with the commentary i bet that i think it, that's what it had to be or i saw like a behind the scenes picture uh and it's dudes in a in a costume it's like two guys in a giant dog puppet costume which now looking back like obviously that's what it is but when i was a kid dude i was like that is the biggest dog i've ever seen um And yeah, so whenever I saw that or heard them talk about it, it kind of crushed me just a little bit. Um, Okay, so we can't talk about The Sandlot without recognizing the sequels. Yeesh. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about those. Oh, that sucks. Okay. So The Sandlot was then followed up by The Sandlot 2. Let's talk about The Sandlot 2 for a second. This one... Sucks. (laughs) sucks. <laughs> this one is not good. Um it sorry. Um Yeah, it's not good. It it really tries to just relive the magic of the first one and it does not do it. Um it's it's literally the exact same movie just set in the 70s, I believe. Um but it is legit The exact same movie. a ball. I think this time it's a rocket. It's like a little toy rocket ship goes over the fence. And there's a big dog. And then there's a fat kid that makes jokes. And then there's like the token black character. And then there's a you play ball like a girl. But then it's actually a girl this time. And she's like, what's that supposed to mean? And it's just way too... It's just not good. It's garbage. I hate it. But then... (laughs) But then we got hit with The Sandlot Heading Home. Um, I've only seen this one once, and it was in 2007 when it came out, because I picked it up uh, from Netflix, I think. I think back when Netflix would mail you DVDs. Um, I was like, heck yeah, Sandlot 3, let's check it out. Uh, I don't remember a lot of it. I do remember that Squints comes back, and he's like older now. Um, And I think the the real Benny comes back, too. Um, I could be 100% wrong about that. Uh, I think I'm 100% wrong about that. I don't think that's actually Benny. Um, Well, wait. No, I'm wrong. Um, Not the actual Benny. But, yes, Squints comes back. And... He's married to Wendy and they have like a bunch of kids. So, you know, like I mentioned earlier, um, there's, I th- dude, I think they're just trying to win a baseball tournament or something. Uh, there's a part I remember where, you know, there's a lot of, this one's full of a lot of poop humor, poop and fart humor. Unlike the first two, this one is very much like, haha, gross is funny. Um, I don't even remember there being a dog in this one. I think, I, I, honestly, if I had to guess, this one was like someone wrote a kid's baseball movie and then some producer was like, you know, we could tie this in to the Sandlot franchise if we wanted to and it would make a lot more money. Uh, that's my guess. That's, that's what I think happened. Um, there was also talks of, at one point, there being a TV series based off the Sandlot. Um, I don't know if it was planning on being a remake or a reboot or anything like that. There's not a lot of info on it. Um, let me, let me hit up Google real quick. Sandlot TV series. Um. Where is the Sandlot movie in the promised Sandlot TV series? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Uh tch, 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 sorry this article is written by a 12 year old. Um they did a reunion. I remember that where they all got back together. Uh which was really cool. Um Yeah, so Disney Plus announced that they were doing a after they bought Fox, they announced that they were doing a um a series that I guess yeah, it looks like it was going to be a um a Reboot of the first one Or a remake uh, But apparently also uh, 20th Century Fox Was making a prequel A prequel to the Sandlot? What was that going to be about? Yeah, no I don't know about a prequel When are they going to set it in like, the, in like World War 2 era? Is that what we're going to get? World War 2 era kids baseball? Cool. Uh, <laughs> I'm still waiting to hear back about that laser disc. Mm. What if I made an offer for like three dollars? It's kind of dope, dude. I wish I had a laser disc player, but I don't. Do they. How much is a LaserDisc player? Let's look. Let's look at that laser disc player. Ooh. Um. Here we go. eBay laser disc players. bro. What? No, there's no way. What? Grease? You have to lube up the discs? Laser disc grease. What? Is that why this thing failed? There's so many different parts on here. I feel like this failed. One, because it's huge and clunky. But also because there's just like... A billion pieces to it. And I bet it was hard to maintain. A thousand dollars for the Sony HILC two EX High Vision Muse Laser Disc Player with remote. A thousand dollars. Zero bids, by the way. Um. Yeah. No. S- bump that. We're not doing that. Um. Let's see. What was the best selling Laser Disc? 20 laser discs that are still extremely valuable here we go here we go oh the oh the twin peaks visual soundtrack oh my god i thumped the mic sorry about that um Yeah, sorry. The Twin Peaks visual soundtrack, which pairs Angelo Badalamenti's Twin Peaks score with silent video footage shot by a Japanese TV crew visiting the, loca- the shooting locations where the series was shot. For a long time, the only way for David Lynch nerds to watch this was to track down the Japanese laser disc or get their hands on a bootleg DVD. A few years ago, it did wind up on YouTube even with the clips online the discs are still popular uh, It sold for about $120 in the last year dang scream laser disc mint mint condition scream laser disc that i could that would make sense because of how that one's like all about movies and media and um, stuff like that like i could see why that one uh, mint condition black christmas i guess um tracy i love you Okay. The Wizard of Speed and Time. I don't know what any of this is, dude. Rare, hard to find, laser disc. What? Sleepy Hollow. Well, the one with Johnny Depp. What? Why? Why are these the most? Halloween two, obviously. A DVD copy of Halloween two isn't cool, you know. what is cool. A laser disc copy of Halloween two. For 170 bucks, dude. Deep Blue Sea, obviously. Oh, shoot, dude. The Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. LaserDisc box set. <gasps> I bet they're... Do you think they're the special editions? Do you think this is before George Lucas went in there and got his grubby hands on it and changed a bunch of stuff? Um, the original Star Wars films are not hard to find. They're available in almost every modern home video format, and they're currently streaming on Disney+. Two hardcore fans covered the original theatrical releases, though, before George Lucas began adding digital effects and additional scenes, and those versions are harder to get a hold of. This definitive collection, Laserdisc, contains the theatrical cuts of the original Star Wars trilogy, along with a large booklet of production notes and George Lucas, The Incredible Impulse a book about the early years of Lucasfilms and the set will typically set you back somewhere in the neighborhood of $200. Oh. Dang, dude. That's all. Well, even if I had it, like I wouldn't have a way to watch it. I'm not paying 1000 bucks for a laser disc player. Killer clowns from outer space. Let's Okay, let's just screw all this. Song of the South. What? No. Okay, what's the number 1? Let's go scroll down to the number 1. Um. Oh, whoops, we went past. We are now in the VHS section. Hold on. Sorry, sorry, scrolling back up. What is the Okay. Here we are. The number one most expensive laser disc is The Beatles Let It Be Rooftop Concert. Really? That's it, dude? The Beatles' final album was conceived as the companion to a documentary film, which wound up capturing... A blah, 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 blah. The movie was released in 1970 and even won an Academy Award for Best Score. Okay. Uh, a home video release followed in the early 1980s and then nothing, leaving Beatles fans to hunt down old copies of the VHS or the Laserdisc. While a new version of Let It Be, directed by Peter Jackson, is expected uh, sometime this year, uh, it hasn't depressed prices of the old copies as it is for 295 dollars yeah so still not even like like in comparison to like rarities of like physical media that's like super like not that expensive compared to like what's the let's see i don't well god what's the the rarest dvd sorry i know we're kind of going off the we're going off the rails here a little bit okay here we go Ten of the rarest DVDs and Blu-rays of all time. Let's just scrolling down to number one. No, there's no way. There's no way. No, this says the Harry Potter Wizards Collection. That's not true. You kind of round up with this people mentioning Harry Potter. It's one of the most valuable DVD and Blu-ray sets to exist. Harry Potter Wizards Collection features a whopping 31 discs, comprised of DVD, Blu-ray, and Ultraviolet uh, extended editions. For the first and second film, this particular box set is going for over $1,800. What? They don't even have a picture of it? Okay, no. This, no, that's not true. That's not true. Okay, 10 of the rarest, most valuable DVD sets ever. Okay, let's go down to numero uno. Okay, we'll do top three. How about that? Top three. Number three is Ultima Escape from Mount Drash. Oh, it's a video game. What? This isn't a DVD? Oh, it's a DVD game? Okay, interesting. Whatever. All right, we got Legend of the Galactic Heroes, which is an anime. Um, it's a huge box set. Oh my gosh, this thing's huge. Uh, there's a ton of discs. Um, yeah, it's around $800. Now what is this? Number one, the Cre the Creemaster Cycle. It's a fantasy horror movie. Um, never heard of this. Series of five feature-length films called the Creemaster Cycle by filmmaker Matthew Barney is one of the rarest DVDs to find. This art film is over eight years old with little to no dialogue over its run of almost nine hours for all five combined. The cycle lies somewhere between a traditional movie and an art installation following odd characters as they try to accomplish even more unusual tasks, exploring the process of creation. Sounds pretty interesting. Uh, The movies are not available for mass usage. There was only 20 DVDs made and sold for $100,000 each. Each piece made from hand with s- sterling silver, polycarbonated honeycomb beeswax, and nutmeg. Huh? Nutmeg, bro? Can you eat this DVD? In 2007, Creammaster 2 was sold at auction for $500,000 as one of the most expensive DVD sets ever sold. What? Dude, I gotta see this thing. Is there a picture of this thing? Oh my gosh, this looks terrifying. Oh, this looks terrifying. I'm looking at screenshots from the movie and it looks terrifying. Oh, dude, I gotta find these. They gotta be on like YouTube or something. All right, scrap that. We're done t- talking about the Sandlot. We're talking about the Cream Master Cycle right now. Ooh. Oh, no. Nope, I'm not watching these. These look terrifying, dude. Oh there's a website. Ah, <gasps> there's a website. The Creamaster cycle. Oh, everything's fading in so slowly. Oh, it's scary. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, so there's Creamaster 1. Oh. Interesting. Um What's the synopsis of uh, Crewmaster One is a musical re- rev- review performed on the Blue AstroTurf playing field of Bronco Stadium in Boise, Idaho, Barney's hometown. Two Goodyear blimps float above the arena, like the airships that often transmit live... What? It's just a music performance? Okay, sorry, okay. okay no okay sorry we're done we're getting to we're going into a rabbit hole that i know nothing about and if we keep going i'm 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 never gonna stop um yeah anyway sorry about my little uh tangent there on like physical media and everything um we'll wrap this up uh i don't want to keep you guys for long um yeah the sandlot is one of the greatest movies of all time uh i i hold it very near and dear to my heart um I hope that, you know, you know, you got uh, everyone who likes movies has a movie that's like the one they grew up with. Uh, I know for my wife she loves Anastasia and she loves Spirit uh which um I will admit are not bad movies. I love they they're both pretty good. Um Spirit is uh, Spirit Rips. Spirit's pretty awesome. Um But yeah, The Sandlot, that's my movie. That's the one that's like the one that will always be near and dear to my heart. I can't wait to have a kid one day um, and I can show them The Sandlot and see, you know, re-experience it for the first time through their eyes. Um, Because I think that that going to be one of the greatest moments of my life, honestly. I know that may sound sad, um, but I'm so excited for that. Um, And granted, I, I can wait to have kids. Um, but, uh, so if you're my mom, don't get your hopes up. Uh, not anytime soon. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think the Sandlot is my movie that really started my, um, endeavor into film without that movie. I probably would not be right here recording this podcast. Um, so yeah, I, I guess that's what I'll leave you with some homework, uh, this week, or whenever you're listening to this, um, find find a movie that, you know, the one that you grew up with, the one that you, when you think back to your childhood, uh, that brought you so much joy and happiness, um, I, I, go watch it, go find it, go, if it's streaming somewhere awesome, if not, find it, go to Amazon, um, see if you can rent it on any streaming site, find it and watch it and relive your childhood feel the nostalgia um and maybe it'll still hold up a lot of times they won't i will i will warn you with that a lot of times your childhood movies aren't going to hold up um but i don't know that just depends on what it is and it it might surprise you i might actually watch the sandlot um later this week um because after talking about it dude now i just want to watch it all again What a great movie. Um, Yeah, I guess that's where we'll call it for today. A little bit of a shorter episode. Um, If you liked this where it's just me by myself, let me know. um, And I can do more of these. Pretty easy. Um, But obviously, I like it better when I have a guest here or a friend that I can talk with the film about. Um, (laughs) But uh, that was a little hard to get scheduled um, this week. So it's just me today, um, but yeah, I uh, thank you guys for listening. If you if you did, if you did, if you are currently listening and still listening, thank you. Um, this is the end of the episode. I love you all. Bye 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 bye.